Hi, you're listening to Becoming Whole podcast with Claire Bradshaw, where I explore with my guests what it means to lean into living a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values. So if you're a seeker, a feeler or someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's get inspired together. Hi and welcome to another episode of Becoming Whole Podcast. Today I speak with Ashley Law, who is the um, writer of the book Soul Flame, and it's a raw account about the courage it takes to follow one's own heart amongst the societal pressures faced by many women. She lives her dream life by the sea, sea in Southern California with her soulmate and her little white puppy. She's a spiritual seeker, a health food enthusiast, and a lover of all things homemaking. And she's inspired by the ocean air that flows through their sunny home. So if you've ever found yourself living someone else's life, or a life that you thought you wanted, but then when you're in it, you find that something just doesn't feel right, then I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Uh, Ashley is super raw and honest and super authentic and vulnerable um, in talking about what it really took for her to one, follow her dreams and follow her soul calling, but also then to write about it and to share it with the world. So without further ado, let's get straight into the episode. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Good, Claire. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, the book and what inspired the book? So, Claire, I've always kind of known that I wanted to write a book. Um, I've always kept journals since I was little, and I kept trying to write this book, and I, it just wasn't happening. It wasn't flowing. And finally, I went through a huge transition in my life um, in which I was getting connected to who I was and what I truly wanted. And what ended up happening is once I made my way out of a very serious relationship I was in, and I made my way the whole way to California from Pittsburgh, I knew I finally had the material for the book. So it was only after making this huge life, life change that I had, I had a book finally. So that's basically what inspired it. Beautiful, beautiful. And so can you tell everyone a little bit about your book? It's called Soul Flames. So I figure it has something to do with, um, you know, to do with the soul and maybe a change that happens in your own life. So can you tell um, the audience a little bit of a synopsis of what the book's about? Sure. So this is a book about, um, based on my experiences in my mid to late twenties. So I was searching for myself endlessly and, um, you know, looking for myself really in a man. And a lot of this journey is me trying to find, you know, my own power through a man and, um, alcohol and, and those types of things that, um, I was doing in my twenties. So, um, yeah, the whole thing was, was a crazy time and not the time that I'm super, you know, look back and can believe even happened or I'm proud of, but I felt it was something really, really important to share because um, it's raw and it's real. So um, basically, it just follows me through this time that I'm, I'm searching for myself 
and um, finally come into this really a spiritual awakening of, of a sense. Um, and I find out that, you know, I'm in this serious relationship, this relationship that I always wanted. I finally find that. And I find out that this actually isn't the path. Like this thing I've been searching for for three years. I have it. I have this man with status. I have um, a career that I wanted. I have, you know, everything that looks really good from the outside. And I start to meditate at that point. And I start to journal at that point. And I realize that this actually isn't what I'm, what I'm wanting. So um, I end up making a huge uh, shift and moving to California on a complete whim and um, no job, no, no car, no plan. I didn't know anybody here. I just felt called to Encinitas in particular. And um, everybody literally thought it was crazy. My family thought it was crazy. My mom sent me to a therapist. Um, it was like, you know, but I, in my heart, knew that there was something else, that I was missing something in Pittsburgh. And I'd always been into um, health and wellness, and I knew that California was super big on that, and the weather's nice all, the, all year it is. And the first book ends right when I'm about to get off the exit into my new, my new life. And that's basically, that's basically soul flame, but I have a series and I've, I started to write the second one in which the second one's really going to be more about a love story. So after two weeks of being in Encinitas, I meet my soulmate and yeah. So all of these things kept falling into place as soon as I arrived here. And I realized like, all right, you weren't crazy. This is why you came. Um, so that's, that's book two, but book one is really getting there and breaking through the noise of, of societal pressure and things like that. So mm, I hope that explain, explains it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it sounds, you know, it sounds a little bit eat, pray, love in terms of, um, you know, having that sort of awakening or that feeling within that was saying there's more than this, or, you know, something needs to shift, something needs to change. And what were, can you explain sort of what the feelings were that you got, like, when you started to realize that, hey, I've got all of these things, but something's not quite right, you know, what was coming up for you at that point, that then um, resulted in you moving and then taking some kind of external changes in your life? You know, I'll tell you the clearest thing that was happening. So I was with a man at the time, and and I kind of liked, I liked the city of Pittsburgh. I actually loved the city of Pittsburgh. But this suburb was like the most uninspiring place to me in the entire world. And we were about to live there. Like we were looking to buy a house there. Um, and I was like, I cannot imagine my life here. But that was what he wanted. Mm. And, and at the same time, yeah. So at the same time, I was helping him build up his business. And it wasn't my dream. It was his dream. So I was kind of like in this really comfortable position in this really comfortable, you know, setup for the rest of my life. Like I was, you know, I was never going to have to worry about money. Like we were, you know, everything that I, that I thought I wanted my whole 20s, I, I got. And yeah, so I just realized that first of all, I don't want to live here geographically. Second of all, 
I don't even really know. I loved him. You know, I loved the guy. And in the book, his name is Nick. I loved him. Um, But if I really had to be honest with myself, there was a level of security that, you know, can can be very deceptive. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that it was, it was something that would have worked long term. Mm, yep. Yeah. Mm. So you were, you were starting to get just those feelings and those kind of questions coming up in your mind as to sort of saying that something wasn't quite right. Yeah, it was something wasn't quite right. And then um, I started meditating right again, like right around that time. And I stopped drinking and, and I started doing morning pages, which do you know what those are, Claire? I do. Yeah. Yeah. But if you could explain it to the audience, that'd be great. Yeah. So morning pages, um, comes from the book, the artist way. And that's actually what I learned when I was doing IIN Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Um, and every morning I would get up and write three pages unedited and like you just let it stream of consciousness writing, just let it all out. And I did that for, I mean, honestly, it was only like a month or something like that and meditating for like a month, twice a day. And what I was finding on the page was there was this, you know, there was things like, I'm so happy, you know, this is, this is great. Uh, and then like, there was this undertone though, all the time of like, you know, that there was a dissatisfaction and maybe there's something more. And then I started to have dreams. I was starting to see like people live somewhere where the weather is. And I was uh, currently at that time, I was in a negative eight degree Fahrenheit winter. And I just, I, my body doesn't work well with winter and snow and gray days. And so I was starting to see that there was like some other way I could be living. And it kind of felt like for a lot of my life, you know, I was trying to fit in into um, the area. And once I made it to California, it was like, okay, everybody thinks like me here, you know, like Southern Mm. California, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You felt really, would you say that you felt just really at home? Like that was where you belonged. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly where I belong. Like the types of conversations that I wanted to have in, you know, my hometown and in Pittsburgh, like they were few and far between. And that's fine because like people just had different interests than I did. But, you know, once I got here, it was like every conversation was like a soul conversation. Mm. Yep. Mm hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And so, so when you realized this, when you were doing the morning pages and you were doing your meditations and you realized that something wasn't quite right and that actually you didn't feel like you belonged in the, in the town, but also did you then also feel like your relationship wasn't right? Yeah. So I think I kind of, okay. So here, the backstory to the relationship was this will make more sense because he was actually someone I was with three years prior. So it was an ex-boyfriend that I decided to get with back together with. And there was many reasons why we decided to break it off to begin with. So, um, 
I knew that. So it, it was the same, you know, nothing had changed that much. It still didn't really work. It was just that I had gone out into the world for three years, endlessly trying to find a man. And, you know, it was just so frustrating because I couldn't do it. And then this door opened again with him, you know, with Nick, my ex. So it was, it was like obvious. I'm like, I'm so exhausted. I'm tired of being single, you know, um, I'm tired of, I mean, in a sense, like I just want somebody to take care of me, you know? Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> so the door opened and I walked in and it, you know, but it's at the end of the day, it still wasn't, it wasn't real and it wasn't true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say then it was almost like you were trying to find a solution to your problem and it felt like the solution, but then when you started to kind of delve a little bit deeper, you realized that it wasn't. Exactly. And that's what I had been doing. I was always trying to find a solution to a problem, to my problems through a man. Yeah. Um, instead of actually solving it myself. Mm. And yeah. So like, I feel like my part of my move and from, you know, the area I had grown up and from this, this particular guy was like, I need to show myself, I need to see my own strength. Like I can do this myself. And when I decided that I, I was totally free mm -hmm. and yeah, so I, I made it to California and I was in such a good space. Like I didn't care that I had no plan or I had no home. It all manifested so quickly because I just trusted that I was supposed to be there. And I, you know, it, and the thing is like, two weeks later in walks my soulmate. Mm. So the, for the first time in my life, I wasn't needing anything from anybody. I didn't need a man to do anything for me. I was like, I might just come out here. I had no plans of, of trying to find somebody. It was honestly the first time in my life that I wasn't needy. And that's yeah. when it happened. Amazing. You were standing in your full power. Totally. Doing what you truly wanted to do from that place rather than trying to create a life around what everyone else expected of you and what you thought was right. Exactly. So cool. So tell me, how did you meet your, um, you know, your, your soulmate and um, how did you know that he was your soulmate? Good question. So we were at a coffee shop. I was at a coffee shop and, and with um so the backstory is that when i first moved here i lived in a days in hotel for eight days and i had no idea like i was like i'm just gonna go out there and i'm gonna find a place and i had no idea like the rental market out here was crazy insane and you just don't find a place but i i didn't know that so i had no doubts and so within eight days i found this place within my budget a block from the ocean with two other amazing girls Wow. So, yeah, so it was so cool. So anyways, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was there with one of these girls that one of my roommates. I was at this coffee shop called Lofty Coffee in Encinitas and um and actually it was my my now husband's father who said, "Can we can I share a seat with you guys?" And we said, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> okay. And then um Chris walked in and honestly like the crazy part is that I was so not in a space even that 
it, it didn't even phase me. Like we talked a little bit, but I was like, yeah, I'm not, you know, this is not why I'm here. So <laughs> it wasn't, you know, really on the table, mm. but then, yeah. So then, at, so then at the time I was actually working at this really amazing eco-friendly store um, in downtown Encinitas. And he had found out that information <laughs> from me, I guess I told him that day. <laughs> and <laughs> they were so cool. Cause they, allowed you to come in and fill up your water bottle with free alkaline um, water. So he brought in his water bottle and, uh, you know, as kind of like an excuse, you know, to <laughs> come in and um, it, something happened though. When he walked in the door and I was behind the register and he walked in the door and it was like one of these moments where it was like, I already knew him and I already expected him to come. And my whole body just lit up and I was smiling and it was just so easy. So it, energetically something happened on that day. Mm. So you felt something like within your, in, in, within your body almost, are you saying? I did. I felt yeah. something within my body. It was just like almost like we were being magnetically pulled to one another. Um, and it was just like, a no brainer. And I, I still didn't know. I mean, like, I, I know some people get triggered even by the word soulmate. And I, you know, that's just the way I say it. But I still didn't know that's what he was like, for a couple weeks. And all I knew was, you know, I just wanted to keep hanging out with him. And that was it. And at some point, it just became like, I just I just know, like, this is the person I'm to be with. And you know how the, the term or the, the phrase is like, when you know, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just what it was. Yeah. A knowing, a knowing, and it can't really be explained other than it's something that's personal to you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I um I met my husband now eighteen years ago. Um oh, wow. yeah, and we were working um behind a bar um at the Melbourne Cup horse races. And um, when I met him, I was, yeah, so intrigued by him. And, yeah, wow. similar type of thing. We had, like, this magnetic kind of force between us where we just wanted wow. to spend time together. And after only a couple of weeks, I remember saying to him, wow, I love your soul. And wow. it was not like, a, um, you know, on the surface kind of the way he looked or anything like that. It was a deeper thing and I wasn't spiritual at all. So I always mm. kind of think back to that and I'm like, yeah, I felt like I'd known him for years, but we right. live on the opposite side of the world. He's Australian and I'm English. Um, and yeah, same sort of thing. I know exactly what you mean and it's a kind of peculiar feeling, but it's, yeah, it's a knowing. Yeah. Well, did you find Claire? Cause this is what I found was that he seemed to know before I did. So he was saying things that I, that I was like, whoa, whoa, what do you, you know, he was, he already knew. Mm. And I've heard men talk like that before, that it's kind of like a thing um, that they know before the woman sometimes. Yeah, he, he said that. He said when he first met me, he went home, told his mom he'd met a girl and that she was the one. Wow. And, you know, and he said, I'd never said that to, to my mom about any other girl. I just knew. 
And now I, I wasn't so sure like in that way as he was, but yeah, right. he was very sure. Yeah. It's interesting. Right. Mm. That is interesting. It's, it's kind of cool because, you know, I think I was doing it the opposite way most of my life, which is like, you know what I mean? And it just yeah. kind of like so much more natural the way that it ended up happening. Totally, totally. And I think it's so interesting because it's almost like through your journey, you'd, you'd been on the, the lookout for the man and that was, you know, it sounded from what you were saying that that was something that you were really focused on. And then you, you had all of the things that you thought you were looking for and then realized that that wasn't what you were looking for. And then it sounds like then you did something for yourself and really followed your own dreams and your own um, inner calling and then once you relaxed out of that constant kind of pushing and, and, and searching for, for the man, that's when he came. Exactly. So interesting. It. Cool. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, so tell me, so where, where are you living now? You, you married the man. <laughs> um, yeah, a year ago. Oh, congratulations. And thank you. And are you still living in California now? Yeah, we were yep. still in um, Southern California. We live in Del Mar, which is just, um, you know, north of San Diego. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, great. And um, is he um, into spirituality? Um, in oh, any way? yeah, girl. So that's a really important mm. point to make mm. because, yeah, I'm really glad you just asked that because that was really when I left Pennsylvania, that was the letter that I wrote to my ex-boyfriend, that's what I told to my family. I was like, look, my number one thing in this life is my number one priority is my spiritual path. Mm. And I'm going to follow that. And right now that is in Encinitas, California. And so that's what I did. And so, yeah, he's immensely spiritual. I mean, he, he's a, you know, avid meditator, we're on the same path with that. So it's, it works out perfectly because it, we know that this is a spiritual relationship. Like we're not in it for, we're in it for both of our own growth. So, and obviously we love each other and we like, we're compatible, but you know, the relationships that I was pursuing before was like, um, all right, I need a man to just make my life. I want to be compatible with that man, but a man that's going to just make my life easier. Mm. And yeah. So like not have to, you know, work that harder. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, mm. um, and that was like kind of my vision. And then I got that. And so I was like, Oh, and, and left it. Mm. So yeah, Chris and I are on the same page spiritually. And that's the only way that it would work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So important. And has, has he been like that the whole time that you've been together or has he kind of become more spiritual since you've been together? No, he's been like that. I mean, yeah, he's been like that the whole time. Mm. There's nothing I had to like try to inspire him to do. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. I've got a number of friends who've also gone through, you know, um, breakups and things like that. As they've become more spiritual, they've found that there's this distance between them and their partner um, because their partner hasn't necessarily wanting to follow that path. 
Um, and I think that can be very difficult. Um, whereas it sounds like for yourself, you know, you'd already made that decision that the next relationship you wanted was to be aligned with where you were at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so good. Um, and, um, and so tell me about what you are both um, doing together work-wise. We had a brief chat before and it sounds super interesting what you're co-creating. Yeah, so we have a business called Circles Academy. And what did it, we first, when we first started it uh, three years ago, we were doing it out of our home, but it, we work with teenagers. So the program is based around fitness, yoga, and connection. So we, every time the kids show up, um, my husband's a personal trainer and a yoga instructor. And so they do um, like an intense workout. And it's a lot of it's by the beach, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and yoga session. And then I run the, we do journaling and in a circle, we do journaling. There's usually a prompt or sometimes it's literally just free, free writing. And then we share, we open it up and we share and we listen and the kids get to connect. And so, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what ages are the kids? Um, we usually just say teenagers. So we'll take like anybody that's in the teen range, um, you know, 13 to 18. 13 to 19, usually they're in college by 19, but yeah. yeah. Great. And is this a program that goes for a period of time or are they one-off, one-off sec- sessions? Um, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing after-school yep. program. Great. Yeah. Great. And are you connected with the schools? Is it something that you do through the schools or? You know, that's, we were running it independently and that's mm. what we think is our next venture is. Um, there's a school that's very open here. Um, that's a lot like, um, Chris and I, my husband and I, and so that's, it looks like we're going to be going into, into that school mm-hmm. and that's a, a lot easier cause the kids are already there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that looks yeah. like that's the next thing. Very exciting. Cool. Um, and then I just want to, I have one more question or a couple of more questions for you just with regards sure. to, um, writing your book. So Soul Flame being your first book. So we spoke a little bit about this before about the process of writing and publishing your own book, because whilst it sounds like, you know, it can be a dream for a lot of us to have our own book. Um, I know that you, you mentioned that it was quite a journey for yourself in writing the book um, in terms of the transformation that occurred during the process. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to. So um, to write the book, it probably took about two years. And then the amount of, and then it took about another year before I actually got the courage to publish the book. So because it's fictionalized memoir and it's so personal um, and it's very raw and I didn't really, I didn't paint myself anything but true or true to, you know, I wanted the real story. So it was like, can I really show this side of myself? Can I really show like, you know, these things that don't look that pretty. And um, it, it just, it took a lot of like, a lot of, I don't know what it was. I had to do a lot of different clearings and things like that to even be able to publish it and to share the story. Mm. And what yeah. do you think that was? What, what do you think the, um, you know, the resistance was around that? Well, 
you know, another thing, Claire, and this is super, you know, honest is mm. when you're writing about, you know, people that you're basing on, you know, others, you know, that's, it brought up a lot of guilt mm. because, you know, I am very, very sensitive. Like I always want to make sure that I'm looking after people and I'm, I'm never doing anything to hurt anyone, anyone else. And the problem with that is that <laughs> it's impossible, not, you know, yeah. but, um, there are people that are part of my story. Yeah. And it, it would have been impossible to leave them out because they're a pivotal part of my own experience. And so I had a lot of fear around number one, doing something, um, and this is like a childhood pattern, but doing something like bad or wrong that could hurt somebody. Mm. Um, and so that pattern had to be come up a million times and be seen. Like if I write this, is this going to hurt somebody? And, you know, um, and uh, another two was there's the character in the, in the book that I'm, I was actually afraid of. And, um, afraid of what that person might do and um you know and that was something that I did some some I don't know it's it's like a it's not rebirthing but it's kind of like rebirthing which I had to like cut cut the cords um all the time all the time all the time you know every time it comes up like there's a sphere um yeah I mean that's like a real thing too yeah, totally. And particularly when you're, you're putting something that's so close to your heart. I mean, it's, it's, you're putting so much of yourself and your life into the book to share that with others. But as you're saying, it, it impacts it to other people. And then when you're, when you're birthing that book, then you're thinking about how other people are going to take it. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? And so then that brings up a lot of the fears associated with, with, with that. Yes, exactly. So mm. like I had like an angel of an editor. It was literally matched perfectly. Um, so she, she got it like she's a very spiritual woman, but she like got it. And like through the whole process of writing this book, like I had a couple like, you know, like mini nervous breakdowns where she'd get like an email or a call. Like, I can't, can I really say this? Can I, can I write this? Like, she's like, just write it. Mm. We're going to make these decisions later. What stays? Yeah. You yeah. just have to write it for real. You have to write it true because you're going to like it, your book's going to suck if you don't tell it for real. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I was like, I don't really care. I'll just let my book suck and blah, blah, blah. As long as they don't hurt anybody. But at the same time, it was like, no, this is part of the story. Like you can't be afraid of this person your whole life. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so how has it been since you, you, you know, overcome the various fears and resistances and stuff like that, that came up, um, when you launched the book, you know, what's been the feedback since launching it and have any of those fears that you had, have they come true or has it all been okay? Or how, how has it, you know, none of the fears have come true. Um, yeah. And I just don't focus on it as much anymore. But mm. it, the funny thing is, like, 
the people, a lot of people that have read it are like, you know, they're like, you haven't painted anybody in a negative light. They're like, everything's fine. Like you, you don't like basically a lot of people on the outside are like, yeah, like you, it's not something actually one person that read it was like, if I was one of these characters, I would actually probably feel relieved or like more understanding of you um, after reading it. Mm. Um, So it's definitely not like, it's not something I, it's not something to get revenge. And I know that in my heart, it's something, it's just literally telling the story as Mm. honestly as I could. And it's, it's the first time in my life that I've ever fully, fully expressed, expressed myself from my, from a soul level. Mm. And so it's, it had to be published. It, it had to be written and I, it, it couldn't, have, it couldn't be filtered. Yeah. 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 And I bet as well, um, going through that process in itself was probably quite therapeutic. Was it for you personally? Yeah, it, it was because in a sense, things are coming, you know, the way I write is, is very, um, my books are short because I use what I feel is the most powerful material that I have, um, the most powerful experiences that I went through. So yeah, I mean, it was the whole thing was like, oh my God, like here's something that's coming up that hasn't fully been processed or whatever, you know, and you're writing about that again. And it's not like, I I know people think like, oh, I have to relive this, but it's like, if there's a charge still there, like then it's not really reliving it. Right. Like it's, it's something that needs to still be processed. Um, and you know, you'll, you'll cry like, you know, it it was, the whole thing was incredibly therapeutic. Like you said. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just want to acknowledge you for doing that because, um, you know, that's, it's such a huge process to have gone through. I've never written a book, but even launching my blog, I mean, wow. Really? (laughs) It was, yeah, totally. Just putting my own soul feelings and thoughts and all of that onto, um, just writing them in the first instance and then putting them, um, you know, out there onto my um, website was, yeah, it took me a long time. It took me a long really? time to put myself out there for sure. And similar to you, like there were lots of things that were coming up, lots of judgments, mm. lots of judgments of myself and then thinking others as well would have judgments too, which they may or may not, but it's, and I saw it as this, um, this choice I had, do I hide? from the judgments and not not do this work or do I do it despite having them um yeah and but it's such an interesting journey isn't it yeah it really is so what did you find like when you started putting yourself out there um I wasn't I suppose I came to a place of a lot more peace within myself um, and, um, you know, look, I'm not saying that it stopped. I mean, the next level up is, is to be seen. So, you know, videos mm. and things like that. I mean, that's the next level. <laughs> um, mm. but, uh, yeah, I just found that I was coming to a place of just being a lot more comfortable with myself and who I am and a lot more com- compassionate with myself. Um, as I work through each of the individual layers. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, part of it too, the vulnerability is why it took me so long to even mm-hmm. publish. It was like, okay, for the first time in your life, you're putting your whole um, focus, your full potential. Truly, I can say that, you know, mm-hmm. my full everything into something, my full soul. And so yeah. here it is. And um, if people think, think this sucks, like, oh my God, like, how am I going to handle that? You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, totally. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's a big process to, to go through for sure. And I think something that has helped me um, to keep going is to focus on why am I doing it? Mm. So, you know, to take the focus off me and to say, well, I'm doing it to share or I'm doing it to serve others, to help them on their journey. Um, and so the more I'd focus on why I'm doing it and the value I'm providing rather than my own self-worth, then I was able to get right. out of my own head. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's an incredible journey um, as much as anything else. And, I, you know, I really want to acknowledge you for, you know, oh. keeping on going and to, to get this book out there to, um, to the world because um, I'm sure that through you sharing your story and your journey, you will inspire other people to, um, to do the same, to follow their heart, to follow their soul rather than um, following what, you know, we're, what the media say, what society says um, and, and, you know, finding that place of um, kind of completeness within inside. So this leads me to my final question and sure. what a whole life means to you. So there's certain things I know that when I'm doing, my life is whole. So do you want me to tell you what those things are? Yeah, (laughs) please. So, um, you know, having a consistent meditation practice, a daily meditation practice is absolutely a game changer. And I know that every time I meditate, it's like my whole day is better. So meditation, yoga, um, and um i like to cook so my husband and i eat gluten-free vegan so we meal plan and just so having that part dialed in um, the diet and just eating healthy um and having a consistent fitness routine Mm. um creative time to write time in nature and also time with community and family and and also it's time for your marriage. Mm. So those yeah. are the things, if I'm nailing those, my life is totally whole. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and how, how interesting is it that those things, they don't cost any money? Ooh. You That's know, like, point. they don't cost any money and they're actually pretty simple. Um, which I think is interesting because, you know, the, I used to work in marketing and, you know, marketing in the food industry I used to work in, processed food, <laughs> trying to get more oh, wow. people, yeah, I know, um, trying to get more <laughs> people um, to eat more packaged food. That's, that was my job. Um, and, um, you know, I had my own 
<laughs> slap around the face from my soul one day when I was sitting at work, <laughs> uh, which was my, I had this really strong message that said, well, what are you doing with your life? You don't eat or drink this food. You don't believe in what you're doing. Mm, well, wow. um, you know, you should not be here. There's more to your life than this sorted out. Um, and it was right. a strong message and it was like a big wake up call. It felt like someone had slapped me around the face. Um, wow. And, um, you know, and that was all my, my job role was all about trying to make you feel like you needed to buy this stuff. You, you needed it to have a better life, to, um, you know, feel better, to fit, feel some sort of emotional need, you know? Um, and, yeah. and that's what product marketing is all about. But actually if we break it down, like you've just said so beautifully that, you know, for you a whole life, is these things that we actually have within ourselves um, mm. and they, we don't have to buy anything to, to find that. Um, That's such a beautiful point. Yeah, so, um, so thank you so much, Ashley. This has been a lovely conversation. I've loved um, connecting to you and I look forward to reading your book. Um, all the best with, um, with this book and also with the next book that you're writing. Very exciting um, to see what you now create. Thank you um, so much, Claire. Thank you, darling. And um, I will put all of Ashley's um, social media um, handles up on the show notes if you'd like to connect and also a link to Ashley's um, book. So if you're interested in purchasing that or having a little look at the synopsis, then um, all of that information will be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Ashley, and have a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you, Claire. You too. Thank you. And that's the end of another episode. I do hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insights. You can find more info about the show and my guests by visiting my website, claire-bradshaw.com or subscribe to iTunes to ensure you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, please give it a rating on iTunes as this makes a huge difference in sharing the podcast and its content with more people. My dream is to create a happier, healthier, more wholesome world. And I truly believe that it starts with ourselves. So thank you for listening and have a beautiful day.